Okay. So uh, welcome everyone. Thanks for, for showing up on a uh, Wednesday evening or Wednesday afternoon for West Coasters. And let's see, tonight we are, um, here I'll just uh, breeze through kind of the order of things. Um, we're going to start out with uh, what this is. It's a venue for the community to civilly voice their opinions and interpretations of the problems and issues facing the recreational FPV hobby and the pilots. So uh, one of the um, bigger topics that we're going to talk about tonight, obviously, is the, um, uh, the announcement that went out through um, Actually, AMA, I don't know if, who all is on the AMA uh, mailing list, but they sent out a pretty detailed announcement about Section 336 and their interpretation of it. Um, and then we have our own as far as uh, what our core team has put together. Um, we also have uh, an update regarding legal, finance. Um, those are brief updates. And then we have... Uh, let me see. Uh, well, Sean has been working diligently with a lot of the core members to get um, some, I guess we're calling it housekeeping, uh, set up uh, everything from interpretations to media to uh, documentation and content management. Um, so we'll go over some of that as well. Um, so to start, let's... Uh, Let's start with what I've been involved in. Um, I've been talking to attorneys and trying to, we have not um, absolutely settled in on an attorney yet. Uh, the, the primary reason is, uh, uh, I guess, concerns about the cost. And I was chatting with Sean a little bit about this earlier. Um, do we you know, commit to uh, an attorney that is uh, well-qualified but very expensive um, when we don't yet have funding in place. Um, but they are willing to defer, which is good. But defer does not mean that, uh, um, it just means that it, it pushes it back and it's still expensive. Uh, or do we go with uh, uh, another attorney? Um, and, I, and I can give a little more details on the, the two attorneys that I'm looking at. Um, one is, well, let's just do this. Um, sorry for the delay here. I thought I had this link ready. Um, I have uh, my current corporate attorney. His name's Jeffrey Steele, and uh, he represents Rotor Riot. Um, but he is not a nonprofit-focused attorney, but his firm has people that, that are. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put links in here so everybody can read up. Um, so this is Jeffrey's profile, and then we also have James Mackler, um, who I met with in, uh, in Vegas at the um, Interdrone conference, and I like James a lot, and I feel like he's a really good fit, and, um, and it's possible we might be able to get uh, his rate down, um, and he's with uh, LeClaire Ryan, and they... Um, as far as our needs, I, I think James is a better fit. Again, I think it, it just comes down to not getting in over our heads as far as uh, pricing. Because 
honestly, I have no idea what kind of um, what kind of hours we're going to be putting in here with attorneys. Um, and there's his profile there. So I wouldn't mind. Uh, we don't have to make a decision tonight, um, but I would wouldn't mind if if you guys want to look over the two firms and uh, give feedback. Um, Sean, I'm not the I'm not sure the best way to get feedback from everyone and collect it. I think you you've been working on that with with some of the core team, correct? We can come up with a way. Did you put the second link in there? I'll put it up. Yeah, yeah, they're both in there. Um, so I would like to settle in on a decision next week. Um, and then, uh, the other piece of that is, uh, on my initial, uh, my, my initial discussion with, uh, James and his team, um, there was a recommendation to become a 501c6, um, because they felt as though that would be more appropriate for lobbying and such. Although after that, uh, Cujo had brought up a concern that that might not allow us to become a CBO, which is an important piece of all of this, probably the most important piece, I would think. Um, so we're, I'm trying to get some clarity on which direction we wanna go. Cause once we get that, we can get incorporated without having to make a, um, an absolutely firm decision on an attorney, but it would be nice to decide that direction prior. So um, let's see, what's the next line item here? Um, the appointing a board is a little tricky. Um, there is no, even talking to different attorneys, there is no real clear way that this happens. It's almost like the board appoints itself Technically, I can appoint appoint the board, but it's just odd because you, you kind of need a board before it's formed, and you can't officially appoint a board until it's formed. <laughs> so it's it's a weird cyclic. Uh, uh, I don't know what do you call that, where it's kind of self defeating, but it I don't know it it has to work somehow. So I think the best way is uh, we just have to fumble through deciding who the board is. And um, it all has to happen simultaneously. Then once the board is formed, we uh, start selecting the um, committees and, and the leads. Uh, now we are already kind of a ragtag group that is is gaining structure um, organically and, and through Sean's guidance and leadership. So thank you, sir. Um, and. Uh, so I, I think once we get to that point, it's not going to be very difficult. We're going to have a lot of people are already going to be sorted out. It'll just become official. Um, so right now we're we're still kind of an unofficial group, um, but that's just legally. Um, one thing that I had to be careful of is we're not allowed to solicit for funds uh, because we're not official. We're not uh, we're not a uh, organization or, or a corporation or a company uh, yet. So, um, so until that happens, we're not, uh, we're not legally allowed to solicit or uh, funding. So, so I think that's the majority of, of my update. Um, Sean, may I hand off to you to uh, give your update? All right, sure. Um, 
as Chad's mentioned, we've kind of had uh, some organic stuff going on in the background. We have people stepping up um, that are willing to do work or are already doing work for the coalition. So they're already in here. We need to, you know, wrap our arms around them and, and make them productive. So I have formed a side chat. It's not public. It's not very transparent. But these people are going through all the details and all the crap that you guys don't want to. And coming up with tools to store content and processes and how we're going to do things. So uh, I'd like to introduce them. I'll let them all talk. Um, the other small team, <clears throat> the only other small team we formed um, is a team to interpret the FAA bill and the regulations. Um, we have a few members who are professionally skilled in actually interpreting these. So we've, we've compiled them in a small group um, and I'll let um, one of them speak tonight too. I don't think I have anything else, but I want to get to um, let everybody else talk. So let's get to that. So let's go down the list here, though. First, uh, G36 pilot, uh, the interpretations team. What do you got for us? Hello, I've been working on the initial first blush uh, interpretations of the PDF for HR 302 and how it applies to us. Uh, two ways to look at it is one is you have to understand somewhat the overall bill, how it applies to everybody in all UASs, so that you could completely understand what our limited um, empowerments will be under the exemption clauses. So I'm working on interpretations for both of those. And I will post what I've got so, so far. So start with, um, start with who are you and like, you know, what's your role here? What's the role of um, the team we put together? Okay. Um, Started flying when I was 12 with model airplanes, 14 with full scale. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. I know, I know. I'm an airline pilot, that sort of thing. I've been flying models for over 30 years. Um, I got one season as a part 107 part-time guy. I got into FPV and freestyle because I needed to build one to learn how to maintain the DGI products we were flying and got hooked. And I do more flying there than I do with the 107 now. And that's where I'm at. I just got involved to protect what we've got going here and make sure I can keep enjoying it. So I haven't met you officially, guys... but welcome and thank you. Yeah, thank so you what these guys are going to do is anytime you guys have a question, anytime you guys read like regulations and you're like, what does this mean for us, right? Because most, we don't know who it's talking to. We don't know if like where recreational FPV actually falls into it. So these are like pretty much, I'd say, the first like guys in the world that ever look at it from this perspective, right, for us. So um, we're going to try to get questions to them in a prioritized and controlled manner so we don't overload them. Um, and then we can get the most intelligent and competent answers to these questions that we possibly can from within our community. And then from that, we can use that to uh, help shape our safety guidelines. Um, and that's why we need the opinions from you. We need those questions from you so that we can make this work. The next one um, I want to introduce is 507. He's probably recording us right now so that we can all go onto YouTube and be famous. So he's taken over um, admin of the YouTube account. Uh, the keys to the YouTube account. And so he's started a playlist and done some other stuff. I'll let him introduce himself. 
Hello, everyone. Hopefully my microphone's working. I can't tell. Oh, yeah. It looks like it's working. Cool. All good. Um, I've been recording the meetings, posting them to YouTube, and also based on Stymie's recommendation, she suggested creating a playlist of videos that were related to... Um, so if anyone out there notices a new video or something that should be in that playlist, just let me know and I'll put it on there. Very That's cool. about all I've got. So anything like related to the coalition, anything promoting the coalition, anything in support of our mission, we can compile these um, videos because I guess YouTube is pretty much the major outlet of our art, right? So um, that would be a great place to compile anything that's not official from us, but it's from you. Uh, it looks like G36 has got two links. I wanted to make sure you guys take a look at that. For anybody who wants to dive into the bill that was released this week and probably most likely will pass, he's got a full version of the bill that he's annotated himself. He's got everything that pertains to you highlighted with notes from us. There's also, um, we'll be developing a question and answer um, document. So um, during the uh, open venue and at any point in time, get those questions to me or anybody here put them in the general and make sure that people see them and we'll get those questions to this team to get them included in the question and answers documents that we put out. And then next on the list is uh, Cujo. Hey, what's up guys? Uh, so my name's Josh. Uh, you may have recognized my posts in the Facebook group, but um, I am the writer slash scribe, as Sean likes to call me, and uh, I've been working on, you know, getting updates out, getting uh, kind of information pushed out as quickly as I can, um, and making sure it has a consistent and professional voice so that we're represented in the right way um, in any way that we can. Um, also, kind of put together this morning a website brief, uh, just something real quick on what the, the website needs to possibly contain so that we can kind of start hashing that out. But, uh, you know, if there's something you guys need posted or something that uh, you feel needs to go out on behalf of the coalition, reach out to me. Um, I want to make sure that everything we're putting out stays consistent, has the same voice, has the same passion behind it. Um, it's really important to me. Um, and as a writer, you know, that's kind of my forte. So, um, that's my big thing right now. Awesome. Thank you. I just want everybody to know who he is. And like, so when they read the stuff that's out there, like it's, it's pretty much all going through him at this point, like all of the core guys and everybody, they may speak for themselves and their own social media and everything else, but anything that's official that, that's coming from this coalition, uh, will, will most likely be funneled through him. Uh, real quick, before I forget, um, just because I, I was checking out the channel, um, the YouTube channel, 507. If uh, we can make sure that we have the, uh, uh, if, if you type in the short version, FPVFC, it doesn't come up. Um, we don't have enough just, subscribers yet. Uh, we've got enough that subscribers. What it, it was uh, 30 days after the creation of the channel, you had to wait. That might be very soon. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure people uh, were able to find us pretty Finder, easily. I kind so. of forgot about that. No worries. Thank you. 
And uh, we got Stymie, who's been jumping in as kind of like our primary admin, dealing with like all of this stuff between us, kind of tying us all together with communications, content management, and everything else. And I'll let her introduce herself. I'm just the one that really kind of steps in and tells everybody it's going to be okay and keep going, because otherwise we're all going to lose our minds. Um, yeah, so all I'm doing is just making sure that everything's kind of put together and we know which direction to take in the time that you know we have right now um with it being kind of up in the air and on hold and hurry up and wait there are a lot of things that we can do in the background and that's kind of what i've been you know just taking a look for and seeing if we could go ahead and get stuff done and if we can't we put it in order you know as to when it's going to be needed so yeah that's what i do i just help out uh one other person in our um core team is zoe but she's not here right now i don't think i'd let her talk um and i think we're on to the round table chat unless you got anything else i just realized i was muted sorry um unfortunately uh this week uh a lot of it's been taken up uh, getting prepared for rampage so um next week uh uh, hopefully we'll have more updates. Um, well, it'll be a short week next week, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd really like to get us um, either incorporated or put together as an organization by the following week, um, hell or high water. Now you so, said it. it's on record. I know, I know, that's what I do. <laughs> that's accountability. Um, it's the way to do right. it. Put out there. Yep. Okay. So the uh, the roundtable, uh, Sean, you might have to help me conduct this. What um, what would be the best way to get get going? Um, so uh, don't ask talking. me that. I'm I'm a total anarchist, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm all right with that. Um, well, yeah. Let's uh, you guys just and gal <laughs> just start. Uh, talking, asking questions. This is this we is the chance. A, we already had one hand raised uh, by Steve M. He can start it out. Steve, you're muted. Just in case you didn't know. Oh yeah, I had a question, but it, you kind of answered that. Kind of revolving around fundraising and how do we donate things like that, but. Uh, I suppose we got to be an organization first, so. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll move that along. And uh, um, unfortunately, yeah, we can't do that right now. Okay, yeah, well, that sounds good. And uh, what the, the email that I got from the AMA is more or less business as usual right now anyway, right? So just assume that. Well, Actually, the you know what? Let me. I can even post it in here. The AMA had. Um, I I really liked the way they worked it up. They they pretty much said, "Here's the bad stuff. Here's the good stuff." Um, well, here. Let me just send the link. If anybody wants to read that over. Um, so right there, that's the the link they sent out in the email today. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um, and then our our team went through it as well, and that's what you saw up there. 
um, from G36 Pilot. Okay, sounds good. I'll go through that. Thank you. Yep. Anyone else have anything to add, ask, or gripe about? Oh, there's many people. We I have to have something. Well, out yes, of the sir. bad things, out of those bad things that are listed, like what what things there do you think would affect you, and how? Are you asking me or anyone? Anybody. I would say on the on the on the bad stuff, it was more the model aviation. Um, I think it's it's not as much FPV related to or uh, directly related. Um, and the other part of it is is trying to it it obviously has um and i don't want to say it's in a bad way but the slant for the ama you know they're they're referencing everything how it impacts ama specifically so um it so it's you, you gotta interpret it a little bit and i think we have an interpreter i think somebody's well g36 has been diving into it so he might have not like his personal opinion but like what may be like the number one or two most uh like uh, oppressive uh changes in the current bill yeah that's a good question there's there's so many changes to digest it's kind of hard to pick just one um kind of concerned at this moment about what's going to happen to our FPV providers as far as manufacturers, you know, like get FPV, the guy, you know, uh, Armaton quads, things like that. How are they going to be affected by this? Because the status of UAS manufacturing certification applies to everybody unless it's specifically exempted by part 349. And I don't, and 349 merely states that the pilot may fly non-certificated aircraft and blah, blah, blah under the provisions of a CBO, but it doesn't particularly mention the manufacturing of it. So that's a concern. I don't know if you call that an interpretation or no mission of this uh, bill or what. I would say that's a whole, just like that other one, I think that we talked about in chat before where they inserted an ignorant protection, this might be a, a hole. Well, and I wonder how that applies to building your own versus ready to fly quads. Well, if, it, if it's not defined, then it's hard to regulate. Yeah, that's true. Where the manufacturer build one, builds one, that is primarily in the section that does not apply to us directly but it will apply to all UASs except where we're accepted. So that will be for like commercial 107 operators primarily. And there is the possibility of them becoming a manufacturer or having their home builds or in-house builds in commercial operations approved, but it's gotta be done on an individual basis and it's model specific. It sort of smells no. like a divide between recreational manufacturers and commercial manufacturers. Well, I think the hobby doesn't, uh, yeah, hobby components aren't the same as, uh, you know, say toys. 
Exactly, um, but the law doesn't recognize it apparently. It it does in a way because we under part 349 it, it applies to us like the old 336 did because these are exceptions to four limited recreational operations of unmanned aircraft. So this is what we're going to be operating under and what applies to us directly on how we operate. So basically, yes, FAA says in one statement, this is what you need to certify an airframe, for example. But then it comes to section 349. Okay, we can accept that, exempt that or exclude it for recreational purposes. So you guys can basically have carte blanche. You can do what you want as far as building and flying your own models. But is as this, far as me is this building a one loophole that manufacturers could take advantage, like in a slimy way? I, no, I don't think so because uh, there, I don't know exactly where it is, but there is a couple of paragraphs that apply to uh, special authorities. Anyway, there are numerous sections in here that allow the FAA basically to do whatever they want to. Um, for That's example, the well, that can be good and that can be bad, but it states that certain unmanned aircraft systems may operate safely in national airspace, notwithstanding completion of blah, blah, blah. So that would allow the FAA to allow an operator to use uncertified aircraft. But they didn't go through the regular certification process, but there is a process to allow them to build in-house and have that approved for commercial operations. So there are numerous parts of this bill that allows the FAA leeway to empower people to do things not specifically already improve, uh, approved. So in my opinion, that's a good thing. No, that is. That looks like it sounds like there's because it's a large bill with lots of different directions. It's going in lots of different directions and applies to lots of different things. It's got little fingers of control so they can still alter it all really or create a path for us. Or uh, you know what I think this is for is for beyond visual line of sight. Well, that's what? primarily what the entire bill is. It, it cleans up the current 107 operations uh, now that they have a little bit of experience with it so they can kind of finesse that and clean it up a bit. And I think this entire bill is focused for beyond visual line of sight, like you said. Yeah, so the so so here's the here's my impression, okay, real quick guys, because I don't dive deep. I try to stay at the ten thousand foot view and get everybody's feedback. Um and I've got insiders in the commercial lobbyist group and I've been listening to them too. So what I'm hearing is that this is a path to beyond visual line of sight but it is being paid for by commercial operations. So it definitely has their perspective in mind, not ours, but this beyond visual line of sight, you know, future, let's say it's not in anywhere near um, now, right? This is like 10 years from now or 20 years from now that these people are thinking um, with the um, active, active, whatever locators and all this stuff going on, they're going to uh, immediately gain beyond visual line of sight, you know, um, ability. That means at that point in time, we would then gain the ammo to have solo recreational FPV. But that's so far off that, like, 
I don't think that we could really pave a path like they have. There's no way, but we can ride on their coattails and use all these holes that they have created uh, in creative ways for ourselves. So maybe pay attention to some of that when you're looking through these regulations. Uh, I have one question that was already kind of touched on a little bit, how the FAA has the ability to amend this law, like just kind of willy nilly is the way the wording is. It's not legal. According to the Administrative uh, Procedures Act, they they can't do anything without providing the public with at least notice and opportunity to comment. Um, But they the wording in the bill almost seems like they can do it at their leisure they can amend they can strip rights they can add things i mean has anybody looked into that or like the i mean the wording just seems curious so i know they created some uh areas where you know there there has to be some research and some committee work and and all that kind of stuff um for placing you know more defined regulations but i think that those placeholders for for that stuff is what gives them the ability to do that. So Congress is basically authorized the FAs saying, hey, research this, figure out where we need to go, and let's write some guidelines or regulations that seem appropriate for that particular circumstance or that particular, you know, area of the bill. Because um, obviously <clears throat> Congress is going to defer to the expertise of the FAA and all the people that work with the FAA for that kind of information, I think it would be too much of a, a legislative uh, burden on the Congress to define every single one of those things. But where it's a law and it affects a broad scale of people in the aviation community and the hobby community, I mean, I almost feel like there needs to be more, like, uh, uh, I mean, more of a transparency to it because right now it's kind of like saying okay you can do this but if we want to change it we're just going to change it on you but but according to the administrative procedures act that and i mean that's how things go in this country is they get voted on by people that we vote in to represent us and that's what they're paid for it it just seems like i said it seems really curious that they're leaving these like you said, we were talking about loopholes earlier of way that manufacturers can get in and they can kind of skirt the law a little bit. Well, there's also law skirting on their end where, I mean, there, there's a lot of like things that don't seem like they're all tied up. It, it, it almost seems extremely rushed. I, I would probably agree with you to a certain point, but you got to keep in mind that this reauthorization has to last for the next five years. And with the, current uh, acceleration of technology you know i think that that's leaving room for them to to make determinations later on down the road as an example um you know there were certain sections of the last faa um reauthorization that that as drone technology started kind of developing you know some stuff was added to it and you know some campaigns like the campaigns like the no before you fly and and stuff like that were added into it as well as registration. No, I I agree. It, it like I said, it, it's just something that I want to bring up. That I mean, it in a in a in a sense, it is unlawful to. When you write a law and then you vote on a law, um, obviously it's a couple different people involved with it. But I mean, you kind of want to have it more nailed down 
than than it kind of seemed. Like some of the wording just seemed really odd. Um, that that's kind of where I was going with that. Oh no, it's rushed. Um, I don't know if you read my personal take on this. I I made my own personal take, like multiple paragraph, you know, squishy rant crap on Facebook, and. I didn't even propose to dive into the specifics of this bill yet because I knew just from watching it that it was hurried. And I knew from feedback from some of this stuff already that there's um, that it, the whole thing was rushed through so that it could be, that's just obvious. And then they left out key stakeholders. So that's like overall, like you, you could read the whole bill to me and say, Hey Sean, what's the worst part of this bill? And I'd say the worst part of that bill is that they didn't ask anybody what they thought of it. That's just the way it is, the way it is. And like, that's why we want to create this coalition. So we, now we can stand up there officially and be like, Hey, we're here now. Like, you know, we showed up. Um, let's, let's get a seat. And, uh, like, that's what this is all about. Like fighting the number one problem with that bill. Is that exactly that? Well, that was one of the things too, is I saw a lot of people only read, what was it like? I believe like almost 200 pages were, you know, relevant to, to us, but I read the whole bill and there was stuff on like page 176, I want to say that was actually, I, I forget exactly what it was, but there's something like right around that page that actually is really, it, it it's directed towards us more than airliners or like any kind of commercial or, you know, GA flight, anything like that. So, I mean, there, and it's scattered through all 1200 which, pages. Which, which specifically? Uh, that's, I'd have, I'm going to go back and look for it right now. Um, no, please highlight remember. these and, and put them in quite like call them out because we, we're, we're gaining the confidence and the, and the people to interpret those correctly. All right. I'll, uh, I'll either screenshot or I'll type in the, like, uh, what page it's on. Please. What you're most likely viewing is 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 our governance being bought off and given earmarks for pushing this through. We've uh, I've actually seen signs inside this bill where like somebody was consulted. You can see I can see the in, in the entire situation. Like here's the bill. Okay, I'm not going to read that. Did you cover this in the bill? Okay, yes, good. And then as long as that's covered, then they're cool, right? But then you go read the bill. It makes no sense that that's covered, right? It's like completely like they just didn't even read it. The people making this bill didn't even read it. That's what I'm telling you guys. No, I agree. It, it's more or less talking in circles for 1,200 pages. And I mean, there was only one amendment, I believe, that actually went through, and that was the amendment to honor Arthur Ashe. Uh, like, it had nothing to do with any of the financial stuff for tower reconstruction and infra uh, infrastructure. I mean, there's so much to this one bill that all got lumped in, which unfortunately is something that's an issue with every bill is that you, it's like, oh, let's make basketball legal at night. And then somebody's like, yeah, and free this dude from jail. And it, it just snowballs into just a bunch of exactly. gibberish. And uh, uh, we know the, but we're getting off track, though. Let's focus on it from like what in the bill affects recreational FPV specifically, right? So right that's on. kind of like what our target is with this small team that we formed. Like they got a really narrow mandate, right? They only looking at it from an FPV recreational standpoint, what pertains to us. Like, and there's things in there, right? They, they call us out. This is the first time that we've ever been called out in a reauthorization bill, by the way, guys. So that's a good thing. There's good parts of this bill, but like, is it like we just, we still don't have a seat to 
like how we we're written in the bill is an invitation for us to come if you guys haven't noticed they're they're asking for for us to come that's hey guys this is uh bob from um, trust tv that's something that i i laid in a, a message here a long time ago was we all know what the bill is we all know that the bill's gonna go through you, you know what i mean i don't think trump's gonna stop it by any means hell he's probably got a leg in it too you know what i'm saying but what we have to do is stop bellowing over what caused it and what is gonna happen that we can't do anything about stopping and institute a way to protect the little bit that we do have, or we need to have a voice in the decision-making that we decide, that somebody doesn't decide for us. Exactly. Right, it calls out a lot of places where we can collaborate with the FAA. I've seen that, but do you know what that shit is? It's called the CDA. It's somebody else decided that, you, you, you know what I'm saying? It's not that we say, hey, look, we, you're using our fucking technology. You stole it from us. You, then you stole our fucking airspace. At least let us have our representative be ours. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's just bullshit. So I think Chad's right. I think one of the, the bigger things that we can kind of focus on at this point um beyond just the create you know finalizing the creation of the coalition is to you know get partner with the faa on these segments that are left undefined and really kind of get our voice in there so that we can help define those sections and, and make them palatable at the very least for the community yeah and everybody i think what this you know they're going to take the 400 feet right i don't even think drone racing pilots that affect your weather at all you, you, you know what i mean us playing guys yeah that affects us a little bit you know long range definitely you know what i mean but what is what is the number one thing right now that you don't want them to touch right now i've had an encroachment on fly spaces uh mostly due to the economy going up and building okay so that's the one thing but it's like parks, right? Take oh whatever but we need to have something say you can't just take it all you know we we have to have a line here <laughs> you know you know you can't just take everything all at once you know, you know what i mean there's got to be some kind of something yeah what you're saying i guess is what is our number one desire um uh, to me, it's preserving the frequencies. You know, if they take our fucking frequencies, just fuck it. <laughs> you know, you know. And how well, it... I, I would say the the number one thing would be the uh, well, the abundant airspace is how we label it in the in the mission statement. Um, the frequencies will change. I mean, as as we go, you know, it'll probably fall under. Wi-Fi or something as you know as digital is developed um, so the frequencies will change as as we move along what I'm personally most concerned about is the airspace I, I would love to see FPV pilots be able to safely um, but roam the earth and and fly in many many locations because I think that's where the uh, uh, you know the beauty of what we do is is that you know that's, it's an artistic expression for a lot of people i agree and, you know what what, that, do you, what are you what are you considering uh uh, uh 
uh, you, what do you want? Like, say like the Nashville area here, we got like three or four places that we buy. Is that good enough for you? Or do you think that what I general flying is okay? Or you, you know what I mean? No, what I would like to see is that it's not geographical as much as safety oriented. So as long as you are taking care of, you know, these predetermined things, then you can fly, and I'm doing air quotes, anywhere. Um, now, that's obviously reaching, but I think that's how we need to think. We try to yes. say, hey, we want to fly anywhere. Overreach, and we'll, exactly. And then let them reel yeah. back a little bit, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I really, truly want us to be able to, you know, go out and fly anywhere. Now, obviously, I'm coming at it from, you know, the perspective of the freestyle pilot. But if it can be done with that, then that opens it up for everyone. I agree 100%. And I, I, I agree, you know, I, I personally, I do it all from planes to jets to quads to, to whatever. I, I enjoy all of the hobby. I don't want to give any of it up. You, you, well, know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, yeah. you know, I don't discriminate between the different groups or the different types because I'm one of each of them. You know what I mean? But I hate to see, I don't like organized groups. I know I'm the owner of Thrust, but that's different. Thrust is what it is because we're not one of those AMA groups. We're not, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what we need to, I think, kind of focus on is gather together your local groups and be strong, you know what I'm saying? Right, and and they will, um, I really do believe the FAA will give way and support um, self-policing if they see examples of it. So I think that's, that's an important piece too that we have to, and that's why I always come back to safety because that's always gonna be the determining factor. Um, you can break a law and go argue it, but if you kill somebody, you're not gonna, you know, if, if somebody's seriously injured, yeah, that that's the kind of stuff that you know uh, starts to become um, the determining factor for everything else is safety. So, if we can somehow, uh, you know, help with that and help the FAA determine, um, you know, when I sat in in my meeting with all the FAA reps, um, that was always the thing it came back to was mitigation. Okay, what's the risk and how do you mitigate it? What's the risk and how do you mitigate it? So the the thing that we can do to go a step further is bring um, real life examples and data and repetitive data. So if we can continually show over and over, hey, you know, 3000 people have done this thing without incident and it's because they operated in this manner, then that starts to carry weight. And then the FAA will start to cite that and they'll say, hey, this is this is a piece that we can use as an example and we can write something around it so basically but you know i again i don't i really not to cut you off but where he where he was at though i don't think this has anything to do uh, drones don't kill people guns don't kill people i don't even know of a, of a, of a death from a fucking drone <laughs> one of our recreational ones you know, you know what I'm saying? It's all snow, man. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> you know? it, it always starts like that, though. Like, you know, and I, I go back to cars. When cars came on the scene, people freaked out. You know, now they're, everybody has a car. So it's, it's just fear. It's going, it's going to happen at the beginning of anything. So we just, uh, it's going to be a process, and we have to uh, get ahead of it. And I think, um, 
you know, one of the things that we have an opportunity to do is um, if we can help the, the ones making the regulations, um, then we can help shape it. And how do we help them? Well, number one is going to be um, education and, and what I was just speaking about data, real data. So if we can have data that is linked to an understanding of how things can be mitigated, because it's always going to start with the fear. They're going to be like, oh, somebody could get killed. Somebody can die. Somebody. But then the data starts to prove otherwise. But you can't have the data until you do it. And you can't do it until you're allowed to do it. Indeed. So, so you just, we got to keep um, doing things in a way that we can, um, we can document them. We can record them. We can calculate them. You can't manage it if you can't measure it. And um, because of what we do, it's a hobby. Nobody's really measuring it. So they're just measuring incidents. We, 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 need, we need to measure successes as well. I can do that on my side. You know what Red Cat's trying to do or what, what, what their prop wear or whatever it's called? Yes, um, but that's still, it's, it's a ways away before um, something like that can get implemented. But yes, I mean, down the road, that's absolutely what they're trying to do. But I think what Chad's trying to say is that each time, if every weekend that we hold an event, you got so many people there, so many planes were flown, no incident. Yeah, that would that would be great. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Nobody's recording that. Everybody's recording the negative stuff. So we we need to we need to bring data. Data is what people empirical data is what people really respond to, um, or organizations or governments or whatever you want to call it. One of the ideas I had uh, a couple of days ago to kind of keep tabs on safe flights uh, where people weren't injured over hours and hours and hours of flying. And it's even on just a, like outside of events, stuff like that. Like, let's say I go out and I fly tomorrow, just put a hashtag there that's recordable and that's concrete data. Like put something like hashtag nobody got hurt or something whatever the hashtag is, but to use that as a place marker. And then that's measurable because you have a, like a, a certain amount of people that put that in. And then you have the, the video that shows that nobody got hurt. And it's kind of, as that adds up, I mean, in a month, if, if we have a, a large group of people doing that, like let's say the FPV community, you're going to have tens of thousands of flights that are logged with zero incident, no incursions, like no nothing. I mean, not even like a lipo fire. And I mean, that would be a way to kind of what happens, measure it. Exactly. And what happens if we were to do a devil's advocate? Uh, Chad, do you think you know everything of what the of what the FAA says about us? Is, does you completely understand what they're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> how would you how would you like to go find out? How would you like to see it from their perspective? Because I would really love for that chick to come see our perspective so she can see how fucking stupid she is. But that's just that's just me and my point. You know what I mean? How can we how can we all over here have opinions if we've never stood in, in the other one's shoe? You know, well, one, yeah, I mean absolutely I would I would love to see it from their perspective. The problem is is even if you work for the FAA, the FAA it's so it's so big and there's so many perspectives within um 
what I'm talking you know, about is when I was on the, I was in the Navy on an aircraft carrier, and then I would get stuck in CATSI. It's called Carrier, Carrier Air Traffic Control Center. That's where all the radar goes on, the, the over the horizon, all that good stuff. That's where you see the problems that they're having. I would love to know, A, how many of our foam airplanes actually pick up on the radar, and B, how many of our how many of our quads are actually really picked up and how many problems actually really happen put those questions down those like actually dude note those like before you forget is there an airport near rampage where you could test that with possibly i I don't There's know. nothing near Rampage. You'd have to. You, you'd have to. There'd have to be a serious connection made. You'd have to have the AMA freaking step up to try to strike off some kind of an understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. visit or something like that. <laughs> you know what I guess? The people who you need to talk to or or, or whatever, they're up in a nest someplace. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't even sit back in front of the TVs watching the stuff. That's why I'm saying. I know kind of a little bit of the way how radar used to work back in the day, and I'm telling you, it ain't picking up phone. And and at some point in the and, and even the carbon that we're flying, it ain't picking that up either. You, that seems you know like some of the saying? questions that the FAA is supposed to be looking into with test sites and working with others on detecting drones and detecting um, unauthorized use of the airspace. Well, they, they can't detect them. That's why they're trying to push forward with like uh, locators and things like that so they can track it because as of right now, there's no tracking for anything under X amount of, you know, um, surface area, I guess. I mean, there's some tracking. It's frequency-based or it's actually using a microphone and oh, looking for Yeah, I was, I, was, you do. I was actually at a uh, uh, counter-U.S. hackathon last week in Austin. And yeah, there's nothing like that. Right? They, it was actually sponsored by the Army. Um, I was just there because a couple of friends of mine there were there who were flying FPV. And yeah, they can't track really anything right now with radar um, or it's, really much else. It's how, <laughs> it, it's how it works. But doesn't the bill uh, provide some just uh, to, to do research into those areas? Yeah, but I are think you that's gonna... all for active location. That, that could be smoke and mirror too, man. You know what I mean? Don't take any assumption that somebody is looking at it in your way that is a positive angle. You have to ensure it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm curious, now that it's been brought up, uh, what, what do people think about you know, a transponder or something? I mean, initially, obviously, there's a lot of balking. If they're was a very light you know simple small some kind of transponder something one but it but it allowed everybody to fly more freely would it you know would that be a a good trade-off i'm not no, against I, that at all yeah I, I, yeah i think the thing that uh, uh like uvionics their lightest one is five grams which is nothing i mean that that's not going to inhibit much mass anything. is doom bro mass is see this but, is the shit that makes you guys bad that you need to get better at it Okay, they so like, anyway, well, anyway, uh, the, the big the big deal for me, honestly, is the cost. You know, their their smallest unit is gonna run two hundred no, to two hundred. No. We make them uh, free. If 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 they're gonna put them on our planes, then we make them free. Just like when we go to race at the RC car track and you pay your twenty bucks, they give you a transponder. 
It's never going to happen. There's actually about millions of transponders. That there's actually one positive thing about this that you guys haven't really thought of, and it's not about being watched. It's about you being able to find your lost piece. You know, you're going to be able to set a beacon if it's got a transponder. You'll be able to beacon and find it once you get that right frequency. All right, so this is I, I, I like this topic because there's a lot of feedback here, so this is good. But but oh, let's let's thirty six here. He might have some um, insight into what it actually says about that. Let Let's narrow this down real quick. I, I want to narrow down my question to um, what people think about the concept of it. I don't want to get into production and cost and and viability. I want to talk about it, just the concept itself. Is that if you could have a device that uh, to be honest, I expected it. Uh, like six years ago, I when I started FPV, I expected it to be kind of be there. I kind of wondered, where's this at? <laughs> if it allowed well, me to fly think... wherever, if it allowed me to fly wherever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to, then yeah, I'd put. Amen that. Amen that. That's I think, it. honestly, I think it's going to be a bad thing in terms of application, in terms of uh it's it's effect on the community because i think honestly i think it's just going to deter a lot of new people potentially well, you know yes. i think i think you, you're going to see that and it's just going to deter people just like registration did but that's you know safety aside well, i think that's what it's going to mean i think nick i think you're right as far as initially um anything new or tracking or you know cumbersome is always a deterrent in the beginning however everybody has a license plate on their car you know it's eventually it becomes accepted and um i don't think we can look at the initial move and it uh, because honestly i think a bigger deterrent um that i'm i see over and over are people are afraid to invest money in a hobby that's going to get regulated away so i i wonder if if you have a clear path but it's a little bit cumbersome but it's really clear or right now is an extremely unclear path and a lot of uncertainty i think that's worse for the hobby and and bringing people in and person yeah and i think that's what i think donors to us so that i we think can that's fight for that and i think that's a really interesting point chad you know and i will say maybe that's just because of like my experiences in texas you know and kind of the texas culture is just very uh adverse to <laughs> give me freedom so to speak <laughs> yeah <laughs> so maybe it's just maybe i know it's nothing that's about that i'm from california yeah. <laughs> okay yeah and any uh, other input on that yeah i don't i don't personally see any issue with it because it's already proven to not work i mean it's not an infringement <laughs> Ge- no really when it comes down to it geocaching like the dji stuff it can be hacked it's all easily changed i mean if they want to put a little one gram piece on something just whatever put it on a switch i mean one gram huh I mean, yeah, my yeah. Well, let's was say it's illegal to from an airport yeah, and you yeah. put in credit card information and stuff like that to verify your identity. It's crazy. Yeah, and well, I, is, that, is that okay? So okay, so back up, back up. Is verifying your identity, now you know too much? I don't see where it matters unless I don't. It's. I, I think they're doing it more for location, not so much the end user. I oh, think that's what they're the focused on. Mask. Just like right, right, said earlier, it's risk oh, right. mitigation. It's airspace risk mitigation, like 101. I, I say people are definitely going to risk less if they know their name is attached to it. Anything is bad if it's mishandled, man. 
to be honest with but this will legitimize like right so if we form a coalition or a cob uh, and, and everybody who joins it to be like does these simple things or 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 adopts these you know wise attitudes you guys are all expressing then it's pretty simple that we have validation for a seat at the table and everything right so another thing with the remote id i read somewhere it says that the it would give the FAA authority to take control of the aircraft. I don't really feel yeah. that's safe with rate with like mini quads. We would argue that's unsafe in FPV. I, I would absolutely yeah. agree. It's unsafe because it's not safe if they don't know how to fly that thing. Yeah, they see this is where we add value as subject matter experts because we're the FPV pilots, right? No one else is us. We speak for us, so they don't know these things. And I just that concerned me a little bit when I saw that when I read somewhere that the FAA would be able to take control of the aircraft, because I didn't think that'd be safe. They ain't that good, man. I haven't seen that in the bill. The only thing I've seen that in is what, there's what, something military-wise. that happen? <laughs> That's far-reaching, even the five-year outlook. G36, what was that? Uh, that wasn't me. Did you see that in the regs at all? I did not. I think I've seen a splash of it, but it's not a realistic. There's a lot of things that aren't very realistic in there. That's why well, that's I was saying, of, you know, let's get them to visit like regs, Bardwell or something. You know what I'm saying? Send them, send them out to Knoxville and let, and let let them see what they thought that they knew, what what they think that we can see. What, what, <laughs> you know, remote ID is still being um, pushed on civilian aviation as a whole. It, it's not even adopted for full scale. So let's keep that in mind. And this is a path that is for commercial and also us possibly because they're going to be forcing it on full scale. So it's all kind of all flowing through at the same time. But the problem is these, you know, big devices they put in like Cessnas and stuff don't fit in my little foam toy, right? That's not going to work. I think sure. another thing that we, we may not have overlooked there, sorry to whoever that was, but sure. Ford jumped in, okay? Our country's been carried for years and years and years for our automotive, and it's obviously hurting, you know, and it hurts our whole country as a whole. If if Ford jumps it, you know what I mean. If they got something where they think that this country can greatly, greatly benefit, they're gonna do it. You know, I don't know. I it's too soon. I agree with everybody else. It's too soon. Our shit drops out for no freaking reason, and they're gonna get not. They're using our technology, and it all comes from China. I I don't know. It seems like we're going to be replacing a lesser evil with a larger evil. Well, I think Damn. talking about this stuff in, in concept is a, is a good first step. That's why I don't like to get too far down into the details because I know when, um, you know, Amazon first made that video about delivering stuff by drone. I mean, how many people said, ah, oh, it's a, you know, it's impossible. And now look how close it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm always cautious to talk about the viability or, or possibility of something because That's true. If, if it's if it's big enough or, or, or there's a big enough need for it, it it'll happen. Um, so, so that's, that's interesting. Point out the safety guidelines that we've been working on 
it's a living document that's posted in this channel here in the pinned messages, but it's all, it's basically on Google docs and uh, we have an editable link. So if you contribute to it, make sure you make, you know, put your edits in or whatever comments and things like that. But if you want to join that conversation, the safety guidelines channel here has a working document that will always be living within the coalition to define what we think is perfectly safe to fly. And you know what you can go by for a record for that? Uh, Bruce had a very good comment in his little rant that he always does. He said that the U.S. was the last country not to have RC regulated by their air department. Why don't we ask the other countries what went wrong? So that we don't make their same mistakes. You're talking about looking at some of their like lesson learned stuff and exactly. asking them about that. Let's hit them smarter. Let's, hit, let's, 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 let's be smarter than they are. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we have a couple of major advantages here, all right? Um, we are not um, like the old guard, right? Like not like the AMA. We don't, we're not set in our ways. That means that we can make up our own ways. We have the connections. Like we can be more dynamic. Um, we can be more innovative. We can think outside the box and we don't have to do things like, like anybody's ever done them before. So that's kind of the whole, like, that's our biggest advantage. Well, Another the thing, thing that I want to, sorry, oh, go ahead. well, real quick, I just wanted to point out um, the activity that we currently have and the membership and the stuff that's already been done. I mean, there, there's already a, a lot of um, these organizations that have popped up out there, coalitions that, you know, they put up a fancy website and, you know, they might have somebody doing something, but I want to point out, we actually have very quickly a community coming together and doing something as, as little as it may seem, it's a lot. I mean, just look how many people are on this voice chat. Um, that's powerful. That's really important because we haven't even kicked in the high gear. We have no funding. We have no structure. It, you know, it's all organic and, um, you know, from the hip pretty much. So I, I believe in this FPV coalition the fpv freedom coalition i believe that we have a lot here and you know if we can keep these conversations going every week and and start to hone in on what is the the one piece that we can really focus our efforts if we have a lot of involvement and a very focused effort we we will be able to make a difference and i just i just want to point that out Uh, this was brought up earlier, um, and then it kind of came full circle back to it, where we talked about um, maybe talking to people from other countries that are regulated, see where they went wrong. Another thing, I don't know how many people in here are legal firearm owners, but I, it, it's very similar, like the the legislation and how it kind of fell and how it was it was swift when it happened, and it kind of blindsided everybody. Um, I mean, we can almost look through that same sort of uh, like the, the regulation process of firearms. And we can kind of learn from that, I think. I They're think we're compared. right up there with um, <clears throat> automobiles, to be honest with you. Uh, from 1900 to 1930, there's books written about this era of automobiles taking over small towns. I mean, of course, in Detroit, it was, it was commonplace, right? But automobiles were banned from the U.S. In some towns in England, I read just today that a policeman would have to come out to the middle of the town and walk in front of your car holding two red flags and escort you through the town if you came to his town with an automobile. So it's like 
this is like a huge this is a huge revolution that's um changing um it's we're kind of piggybacking on the commercial guys but the drone revolution as you say is is massive it's it's on the scale of the industrial revolution so when you think about that um like that's it's much bigger than than just an object right it's not the tool it's all of the use models that the tool may be used for search and rescue delivery or just just think of the use model that that we're all passionate about or coming together for nothing for it's frivolous right it's just for fun i mean that's ridiculous when you think about it right and look at all look at what we've already done here so you can imagine what people have incentive you know commercial incentive to like to for all i don't know i don't even know how many use models there might be for a drone but they're all fighting for that airspace and we're like not only the smallest dog in this fight but we have the most like passion for it you know what i mean we have nothing we have no, nothing to we're the only guys that have nothing to gain for the for the growth of the entire drone revolution as a whole but we need to find partners across that entire revolution to make sure that this particular form and this particular genre in our culture survives because we know where it came from and where all of it came from well, this is still like such a ground floor thing. Uh, I mean, this is like the basement for drones, really. It's going to keep moving forward exponentially as fast as it has been or faster. Um, but the thing is, is if they start to stifle innovation now, then it, I mean, it's over. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm realizing and, like how far out in, in the future I was and like how in the infancy this all still is. It's, it's insane. Like if if you had my larger perspective of the whole drone industry, whole thing, that's just it's 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 unimaginable how much is actually going on out there. Well, I mean, how long has the the FPV community even been a community, really? You know what I mean? Like, ten. it's been yeah, let's say ten years. Probably. Well, well, I mean, well, as an I actual think... like a community. Uh, well, I was I just gonna say, say I think about if we could. Uh, I was just going to say, I think if we could focus on one group or one area, I think the biggest thing with the easiest case to make would be weight limit. I think maybe we could come and say, listen, guys, to the FAA, why is, you know, a 250-gram quad more, or mm -hmm. sorry, more dangerous than, say, a 600-gram quad? So that way we could fly, you know, five-inch quads without the need for a remote ID and all that other good but, stuff. But while you're doing that, they're going to take your airspace. I think Chad was absolutely right. Right now, our most since we don't have rights, our most precious thing now is going to be land or air. Agreed. We, that's that we have to get that. We but have see, to I provide our residential know. neighborhoods or something. It's traceable. It's traceable. Everything I'm hearing now tonight. So, so if I'm listening to the guys interpreting the regs, I'm listening to holes. And if I'm listening to the reasons why or the exempt the holes are exemptions by the way guys and i just heard an exemption right now weight right so if we can classify okay everything below five pounds then there at least we have a place to stand and we can go ask for exemptions to go down these channels and holes and say hey we want to do recreation uh, everything under five pounds and recreation you have all of these freedoms right under like 250 that. grams is allowed residential over 250 grams has to be at a allowed area but that's I agree the old bill. that's the right. old bill though that's there's nothing regarding weight. That weight limit 
I'm thinking but, I'm thinking of a mass limit that actually includes like 98. No, on, on the new one, I'm pretty sure it's 55 pounds and below. I don't, I think there's no mention of 250. And, um, yeah, there isn't anything about 250. There is the, the 250 gram, which is like 0.55 pound or something like that, is in regards to not needing the registration on the craft itself is that is that in the regulations yeah yeah i saw that somewhere i i'm not exactly that's, sure but if you're that's too... in the registration uh regulations it is not in this bill uh, uh chad is correct with the 55 pound max for recreational and then there's a 4.4 pound max limit for tethered operations and public use uh, there is no weight class exemption for under 250 in the new bill one thing I wanted to ask why why give why give up any why give them ammunition yeah. talking about weight restrictions that's going to put the bug in their ear to say okay let's restrict weight because weight means damage I mean it like if there's nothing in there right now I mean if it does come to the point where they're talking about it and they're thinking about including that into the bill at a later date even if it's five years from now then we address the weight issue when they bring it up. But don't address anything that they haven't brought up that can infringe on us even more. So I wonder. It does say that the FAA could make broad range of exceptions. So if we could talk them into saying something like, "Oh, this, this the aircraft is safe," they could just say, "Okay, everything that meets that definition is safe, and does, we don't have to worry about all the rest of the regulations." But we need to help them decide what that is. I wonder if they're just going to push what they originally just wanted, where they wanted us away from the airports and those non, non no fly zones. I wonder but if that's really. That. Well, yeah, I think we they, never, they we didn't. I uh, uh, I heard people didn't listen anyway. Well, I, I think the they removed mile. the five mile radius, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and but they got that one app that puts a ring depending on where you're standing, and it shows you all the rings. I forget what it's called. And then they yeah, show you the no flies. I'm saying on the 349, I think they removed the. I, I don't. I'm sorry, I didn't do enough research, but I, I think they right. removed the five mile radius. Yeah, I think they're just doing by airspace now. Right. How are they going to class this? I mean, how how are you going to class? I'm in the middle of the country. You know, uh, uh, Knoxville's in the middle of the country. What are you going to class that? Like class G. So it shouldn't affect the you anyway. Shouldn't. So I'm I'm really curious as how far you know what what the true markers are gonna be. You, you know what I mean? Is it out of city bounds? Period. They might be defined in our safety regulation in our safety guidelines, right? Mm. Yeah, they might be referred to by the CBO, which that's what we would like to become. Yeah. It seems, like they probably, it seems like they probably removed the the distance restriction and just put it in a more broad way that said G airspace up to 400 AGL and that's it. If you're not inside of that window, then you're illegally flying without a waiver. But that kind of gets into the whole 107 thing and not as much hobby, I guess, if you're going to start talking about waivers to fly within certain other airspace. And then the other thing that most importantly we need to worry about is we sit in this room when we worked about this things and all through all that, how we're going to try to save what we want. What about the one percenter? 
Describe him. Give me the scenario. Uh, I'm going to fly anyway. That guy. Ah, that guy. Well, if he's not a part of the coalition, then we don't care, right? If he's not a part of this coalition, no problem. Yeah, yeah the, the, the rest of the world is going to look at it that way. He's not yeah, but how are you going to define who is and who isn't by their flying style? No, but I'm, I'm saying is, well, we I mean, if you're not supposed to be flying by an airport and you got a transponder on board, good God, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> you know. Dude, if, if, if in 20 years from now, <clears throat> the environment that I think comes true, and you're out there flying without a transponder over the Golden Gate Bridge or something like that, you're probably going to get rolled on, dude. That's just the way it is. Yeah, it's if kind you're of following like, our safety awesome. guidelines, then you're part of our coalition. And if you're not following those safety guidelines, then you're on your own. When they get this license thing or whatever, I see something about a license. You're going to need a, a pilot license or whatever. Well, you would think that these things would all be covered in it and that'd be part of your test or whatever, you know, the understanding of, you know, the consequence of whatever, you know, and all that go like good jazz. You think that, really that would all be in there? It would be a competency. It would be a competency test formed maybe possibly by us, you guys, yeah. the community of like, who is the most competent FPV pilots and what, what would they put together as a test for the noobs here? Or they'd let them fly their local field and bust it or whatever. You know, you just put it down on paper. That but how are you going to? I related. How are you going to gain experience without flying? Yeah, I I related to like motorcycles. You know, um, what stops the people go, from going 100 miles an hour? Well, you're not supposed to go 100 miles an hour. You still see it done from time to time, and that's they're going to get a ticket. You know, how are you going to get a kid to go take a test, and he doesn't even know if he can fly yet? Uh, driving school. So we're going to buddy box everybody under the age of 18. I hope that's uh, right now that. it's a knowledge box it's, somewhere. Right now it's a knowledge test that's going to be required. It's not going to be and, a practical exam. And, and I, I would agree. I would, I would totally agree with the FAA on this. And I would side with them that this is a competency and knowledge test. This is not an ability test because when it comes to flying safe FPV, it has nothing to do with how good you are. I know because I've crashed into everything. <laughs> you and me. What about the guy that goes to Best Buy and just buys uh, anything that they have in stock that he can afford and goes out and pile drives it into a football stadium because he's an idiot? It's they like let you that guy didn't have a lot without a driver's license. So we're gonna have we're gonna have to show the certif certification now when you go to Best Buy to buy a a Spark or something. It, it, I. Yeah, maybe we should force it. We should force DJI into that shit. That's fucking good. <laughs> well, then you don't buy. Well, the thing is, I mean, yeah, I agree. It should probably be done. But the thing is, is then you just buy outside of the country and DJI. you don't need to negate that. You can just buy it from somebody that's not DJI USA, DJI Europe or wherever. Actually, I just DJI thought about something. ID in their drones. If we have to do tests. And we have to do registrations and you have to do all this and you have to do all that. And you might even have to have a place to fly. It actually might give all the old good old boy crogies in the room, maybe an opportunity to actually have a, a, a business and a hobby that they love. Because I know in Tennessee, you got to have at least three or four of these locations. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm, not, I'm just saying that it, <laughs> it, it, it could have a positive end. 
as well. I would like to see fly spots match the ratio of skateboard parks to population across the U.S. right now. Well, if the if the clubs don't support the change, it's going to die. That's like we were talking last night on a show that one of my buddies out in the western part of Massachusetts, he was approached by an AMA club to go out and do a demo to show people what drones are. And then he got there and he didn't have his AMA and they kicked him out. So he couldn't even do the demo to show him what it, it's it's just a weird circle because he know, was sorry. not allowed he was not allowed to fly there and he didn't get his AMA because he's not allowed to fly there so they didn't let him fly there to show him how he's going to help their little community and then he can be an AMA pilot or a member and all this so it's just like it's a dirty circle in a lot of these old places like even my local flying field that just got shut down they still have a chart for like crystals, no FPV, no nothing. And it's, I showed up with a backpack full of stuff and I'm like, I just saw you guys. I want to check you guys out. I need a place to fly. And they're like, okay, well you can't do that here. Like, well, I'll go home and I'll get one of my CP helis then. If, is that what you want? And they're like, oh yeah, no, you can go get that. You just can't fly those here. So we got to find a way to open up. I mean, the AMA has to kind of have it. To a point where they say, "Welcome to support us." Well, well, what I'm saying is, is that they have to have some kind of a stipulation saying it's, it's all recreational flying. It's not just whatever the 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 club wants, because the AMA isn't just helis and planes, or it's everything in the air that's hobby grade. All right, guys. I don't know. I don't want to make this a big thing, but I'm going to break down. At FPV Fest, lo and behold, I know you all know my little campaign against the AMA that I had. But at FPV Fest, lo and behold, my little tent next door neighbor happened to be the AMA. Whether it was intentional or not, I don't know. But I am going to tell you this. And it is put very clean. We talked about everything from the past to how they got sideways from us five years ago to how they, you know, dropped their eye on this one and, and, and everything like that. There's a lot of things that we assume and we get carried away and group euphoria takes presumptions and assumptions into things to where it really is bad or things they were there. We just didn't know. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? But. In a nutshell, we kind of covered the way how I went about things was wrong. I know it was wrong, but you're not, nobody's taking, I'm a, I'm a military veteran. You're not taking my rights without a fight. <laughs> you know, and it's just is what it is. You know what I mean? Sorry, it hurts your feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just sorry, it's like victim of war. But anyway, we, we talked about it and I said, look, man, you got sideways from me in the past. I really don't have much to say about it. You know what I mean? You. The situation that we have now, I said, you don't even, we, you, I haven't heard from you guys in six months. And, you know, and he even responded. He said, look, we're working on that. We're going to get better. And, you know, we, we talked about, you know, creating the, the whole, you know, call the Senate and, you know, sign that thing that I sent around all the Internet and everything like that. When that was made, they didn't really appreciate that. You, you know what I'm saying? But like I explained to them, you're into a fight that you can't handle. I'm like, you're hiding behind a curtain. You're not informing anybody of anything. And you need our help more importantly than what you can do to fight this by yourself. And it, as we kind of talked and everything, it, they were at the summit. You know, they weren't allowed to speak. They were actually in the room in the shot where you could see two of them that were actually in the video. You know what I mean? They were not allowed to speak. You know what I'm saying? Since 
FPV Fest. We have known from AMA publishment of every bump and every thought that has been made since we were at that event. You know what I'm saying? The AMA is for FPV. Fact. If you can, they can, if I, if I can come to the understanding and then they make the changes immediately that I had, they are for FPV. I don't think anybody's arguing that they're not. They're to support this action. They are to do kind of most of the things that they kind of have going on. You know what I mean? But they're not an advocate to this. Wait, okay, I'm not following. Um, I think he's trying to say that they're supporting us. Well, no, that's good. I agree they're supporting us. Yeah, I, I've always thought they have. Um, the FPV Freedom Coalition was created not because they're they're not, but they're not primarily representing us. That that's the difference. Oh, oh no, I, I see. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is a lot of talk of how the AMA is not for the hobby and how they, you know, and and all those things that were said. Well, locally, they are. Yes. Yeah. I have, I have personal experience with that and on like uh, more than I have fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't saying anything ill about the, the AMA. I, it was more your friendly local flying club that has a bunch of people that have been flying nitro planes since the 80s. Yeah, I'm talking about the guys in Dixon, that guy who got on the bullhorn and said that all FPV people need to be put in jail because they don't have commercial licenses. That guy. While he's wearing an AMA shirt. Well, you know, <laughs> like, those are up? those are like really small clubs, and and uh, nobody a, is is policing the small clubs. You're, you're standing Still, wearing an AMA shirt, saying don't that. Don't have internal community organization internationally in order to have consensus within their membership. They're fragmented, right? And we, the same reason yeah. why they have chuck gliders and rubber band guys next to a glider and whatever jets, you know. But maybe it's time they do. Yeah, it yeah, is. Everybody can have what they want. They, they, they always needed it because they use public land. They use public resources, so they should. Yeah. And I mean, if I pay for it, yeah, like I'm not, a, I'm not an AMA member. I, I disagree with going to a club and being told you can't fly there. But I can fly everything else I have. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty competent pilot. I've been in the RC thing for 33 years, and I can't go out and fly because I have goggles on. I can't fly around a field. It's like, okay, I'll go fly the police station instead. I'd, I'd have better luck flying there. They'd come out and hang out. It all depends on the fact you didn't have an AMA membership and you were trying to fly at an AMA-sanctioned field. I've had, I've had two AMA guys walk up to me in a public park and try to boot me from the park. I can tell you that you can go to Milan, Michigan, and that is an AMA club, and they love FPV. They fly, oh, they fly fun. line of sight right next to the dang race, right, like, right over top of it. They don't, they love it. It all depends on um, the group yeah. before you. So there's, yeah, but there's, there's kind of two parts there. You have what the AMA stands for, and then you have, you know, the culture oh. that has been created around it, and. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one thing that I wanted to do with the FPV Freedom Coalition is make sure that we establish a culture that is more representative of the FPV pilot. 
um, specifically because, it, you know, Sean kind of just alluded to, you know, you have a rubber band flyer and, <laughs> you know, uh, a, a jet, you know, an RC jet, they're just two different, I mean, helicopters and fixed wing and 3D pilots, it's such different cultures. It's hard to get all those cultures to play together. We do the know? thrust every day, every weekend. <laughs> it's a jumble. To be honest, right. we'll I'm have trucks. Yeah, we possible. do it all the time. We'll have line of sight. Yeah. It's just. But we're talking even within FPV. There's already subcultures. Oh, so that's so why it's what it is. So yeah, so it's really important to have a culture uh, coincide with the mission of the organization. And in my opinion, um, with the AMA, you know, they could be running perfectly. And they're still going to run into those problems, um, so that's yeah. So I want to be clear about that. Right? They have they have the community fragmentation issue, like chapter issue, and then they have the subject matter. It's like a it's a multi dimensional issue. Right. Well, that's that's what happens when you just get too many different, I guess, cultures or sects cultures and together. generations because we're, we're yeah. a different generation as well. Very what would true. it cost to do what you're trying to do, Chad? Uh, you, what specifically? What What is your goal reach within the first year here? You, you know, within the first next two months, something's going to get signed I'll by the president, and there'll be something going on here. What's your next step? How much do you need so, to go? So I'll I'll talk because I'm a fucking pirate, right? So the first step <laughs> is to get Chad to file this organization officially so that we have tax ID numbers, lawyers, that we have an official organization file, right? So that's what the core team has been driving him to do. And that's what we've been giving him the freedom to go do. And then whatever we can do to aid him in doing that. I think he's proposed to just pay out the pocket to do that, exactly that. So he's paying out the pocket for all the organizational startup? After that, after that, it will be donors. Okay, so my idea is a separation of duties, mostly where you have the people, a staff working on the fundraising and the input of the organization, uh, separate from the staff that actually spends those resources, which would be time and money. Um, the, the spending of it's gonna be edu you know, education, STEM, um, outreach, all these things, lobbying what, that we're gonna be doing. But on the, don it's, it, on the donor end, there's, there's a lot of working processes between the two, right? So that's what makes up these committees, uh, education, financial management the safety guidelines which is uh, going to be maintained forever and then the public relations yes but to answer your question I, I i have to foot the bill until the organization is formed i don't think you should have to do that i think you should talk to me you can't solicit funds yeah well i can't solicit funds until we're an organization so uh, that, yeah, that's, the, that's somebody's got to eat it until then right so but that's that's fine. I, I knew that was coming. I, I didn't walk in blindly. I'm not questioning you. I know, dude, you're the Don, man. You know what you're doing more <laughs> than anybody else here in this room. Well, I don't know if that's true, but I, I do know how to get people together and, and get them aligned. <laughs> so that's what I'm working on. Well, I'll tell and, you, we uh, all really appreciate that contribution, Chad. Well, yeah, well, Thank you, um, but I, I I want to call attention to you know the team that's been formed and and quite frankly, um, Sean. I mean, he 
uh, I, here, let's have a little story time. Um, Sean and I used to butt heads quite uh, figuratively, violently. And uh, I, when he approached me uh, after I announced that I wanted to do this, I, I honestly just wanted to slam the door in his face. And he came very humbly and said, you know, uh, I believe, I, I forget exactly what you said, Sean, but you said something like, I don't, I don't necessarily like you, but I appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, something along those lines. And I thought, okay, well, I, I need to at least hear him out. And, uh, and, and it's just a testament to show how, um, you know, people, when, when you believe in people, what the, the massive difference that can be made. And uh, so in, in opening the door to Sean, he has helped tremendously. I can't even express how much. And um, that, that wouldn't happen if, if I would have been closed off to that. So that piece is important to me because that's part of what's going to shape the culture of FPV Freedom Coalition. So I want to make sure that we have that open door to people that want to be effective and get things done, even if you don't like them. And, and I do want to say that I do like Sean. So I'm not saying I don't. <laughs> well, where's Mr. Mass Effect himself? Where's my buddy Mike Chen? You want to get something done? Where is he? Actually, I I don't know. Did Mike ever come in? I don't I don't know if he I talked to him yesterday. I I'll shoot him a message right now. Tell I mean, buddy. seriously, you guys got to admit, you want to get something done? Give it to Chen. Oh yeah, I love I love Mike. I live I've lived with him for five years, man. So um well with that being said, I think we covered a lot today. Thanks, and Jim. um yeah, I'm gonna have to get going. I gotta finish packing. Hey, where are you going? So rampage. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sweetness. Actually, Alex, uh yeah, I'm meeting you at the airport, right? Yes, Alex, sir. So, all right. He's falling asleep. I can hear it. You guys can have uh, have the floor here. You know, continue if you want. Um, but I have to bow out, and I think we got a lot done tonight. So, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Chad. Yeah, thank you, Chad, and keep up the good work. And thank you for committing to uh, a deadline. I can't believe it. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, next Wednesday too. Correct. Yeah, so uh, the plan is we're going to be having these every Wednesday. They will be a public meeting for every FPV pilot that's concerned about the subject or their stakeholders uh, to come in and voice your opinion and then listen uh, to it later or see it spread around and we'll be as transparent as possible. There'll be a lot of shit going on behind the scenes as always with the people that you heard about tonight. You can contact them about whatever they're doing. And then uh, come next Wednesday and the next Wednesday. Later. All right. See you guys Wednesday. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good night, everybody. Later. Like it. See you guys later. Safe travels.